This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It's the Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. And always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Now, Brother Douglas wasn't here yesterday. We had Chad Brown in for him because Harry does a fantastic job each and every Thursday on Get Up 8, 8, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on ESPN doing that Boy, bad. That continues to sweep the nation. But you weren't here yesterday for what was the first car that you ever had? Because that took over our whole show yesterday, Harry. And the responses that we got were phenomenal. So let the public know, since you weren't here yesterday, what was the first car that you had? Well, let me say this. Even though I wasn't here, I was definitely listening. Chad, you can't be riding a red car (laughs) around places that you're not supposed to be riding. A red scooter, by the way, not a car. A scooter. scooter. (laughs) If it's red and you're in a town that's blue. If it's red, you're going to be dead. It's not going to (laughs) fly. But for me, I say my first car was a 1996 Honda Accord that is still at my parents' house right now. Really? What color? Uh, It's like a... Like a dingy green. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. You know, the, the, win- the windows roll down. There's no button you press. The no. windows roll. Oh, you you got to roll those windows yeah, down. You, you had one of the first ones, didn't you? Yeah. After a while, <laughs> the air condition broke. So, you know, you riding on the highway, you're going about 60 with all the windows down. <laughs> <laughs> ben, I had no loose papers in the car. They going out the window. Had all that natural God-given air, huh? But I'll I, I tell you this, though, man. Uh, it was some memorable moments in that 1996 Honda Accord mm-hmm. and this Love Friday. That don't mean anything. Just some memorable sure. moments in that 1996 sure. Honda Accord. Tell us another one like the other one. Sure. But I, but I, but I nicknamed her Chelsea. That was oh, her yeah? name. When okay. I first got her, I was like, this Chelsea right yeah, here. My first car's name was Betsy. Oh. Betsy, yeah. Because my oh. dad had a car. And they named it Betsy. My mom and dad had a car. Even the car I had later on, when Denise and I got married, it was a 2000 and 2004 Sable. We named it Betsy, like a family tradition. That okay. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. all my cars now, they have names, too. Okay. Yeah, so the, um, yeah. the Lexus, we call the Lexus Lexi. Okay. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> <laughs> my, um, my white car, I have a Porsche. We call it um, okay. Snow White. Okay. And my wife's G wagon, we call it GG. Yeah, okay. We and got then my, to, yeah. uh, my 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 Escalade, yeah. we call it uh, Catalea. Yeah, we got. Yo, two. how many cars I'm you got? Say, four. Oh, four. It's, it's, a, it's four. Yeah. Well, I got two. I, we have two Highlanders. One is gold. We call it Goldie. The other one's white. We call it Snow. So we name our cars too. We did <laughs> we name, see, Snow, Snow White need to be clean right now. She need a bath. She like, Daddy, give me a bath. I'm like, Baby, not right now. Yeah, go, I, I got to treat Goldie like I like. You have a dog that has been dirty for a minute. Yeah, Goldie needs to go to the wash <laughs> inside and out when it's all said and done. Be a part of Freddie and Harry Nation. You can do that. Adopt a pair of call in line. We want you to be clean as much as possible by calling us at triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. By the way, Freddie and Harry presented by Doctor Pepper. It's not college football season. Not delicious. Taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper. It is the one fans deserve. So now that we did the car thing, the first car thing, it's time to move on to the main thing, the main thing. 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 The main thing, the main thing with Freddie and Harry. I know we had a game in the NFL this year in which a team gave up 70 points, meaning the Denver Broncos to the Miami Dolphins. I think the Dolphins still scored again after that. But Harry, last night was the most embarrassing game in the NFL in 2023. It's one thing to lose 63-21 to like the Chargers did to the Las Vegas Raiders. 
it's another thing to lose to a team that could not even score a point in 60 minutes. And four days later, they gave them a 63-burger with a side of fries, a shake, and dessert when it came to that. That is the most embarrassing, embarrassing game to see a team completely quit on their coach like the Chargers did last night. And it resulted in Brandon Staley being fired along Tom Telesco, the general manager, not even 12 hours after that game was finished. Another reason why, Freddie, I thought it was Bush League when Brandon Staley a few weeks ago was asked by a reporter if she if he thought that he should probably potentially look at someone else mm-hmm. calling the defensive plays. There's a reason why she asked that question. And when you look at a game uh, uh, like last night and you see a team giving up 60-plus points to a team that scored zero the previous week, that's why those kind of questions are asked. When you look at a defense that's right now ranked 29th in total D, mm-hmm. 29th in pass defense, 27th in points allowed, mm-hmm. there's the reasons why we ask that question. Or reporters ask those questions to used to be head coach Brandon Staley. But for me, it's not just that, though, Freddie. Well, it's it? over the last three years, right? The mm-hmm. fourth quarter blown leads. Yeah, 15 one score losses, by the way. Yeah, the, the questionable right? Fourth down decisions that he's made over the last few years. And then what, what was the icing on the cake? Well, I thought should have been the icing on the cake last year. You're up 27 to nothing in the playoff game, right? You're up 27 to nothing mm-hmm. and you lose that game. So I thought this should have happened a season ago, but you know, ownership decided they want to stick by Brandon Staley. Okay, do your thing. But they ended up firing them before the season started. Year one went nine and eight. Yeah. Year two, ten and seven, mm-hmm. five and nine right now. But I think it's the the roster when you look at the players that they have. And I Absolutely. understand they're going to be people who say, well, injuries. They have a lot of injuries. So what? It happens to a lot of teams in the National Football League. Injuries hit the Baltimore Ravens. They still find a way to make it to the playoffs, right? That's a good point. I didn't think about that. And it's no secret and it's no coincidence that to your point about getting another year when it comes to Brandon Staley. That's why they moved up from Tom Telesco as well. Because I guarantee you, Tom Telesco told the organization, that is the guy. And the organization said, it better be, because if not, we're going to be needing two vacancies needing to be filled. But Tom Telesco said, this is my guy and Brandon Staley for everything coming into the season. People said, no, I don't know. That can't be the guy that you need to make Justin Herbert and this talented roster better with the Los Angeles Chargers. And they go, like you mentioned, only five wins this year. 15 one-score losses in his three years. They were 24-24. and They gave over 359 yards per game to the opposition and close to 25 points per game. And he was brought in to be the defensive guy when it comes to Brandon Staley. Think about that. Exactly. That's why they said, look, the coach is going to go, but Tom Telesco, you got to go too because you sold us a bill of goods that we worried about. You told us the goods and services were going to be a lot better in third year Brandon Staley, and it got completely, completely worse. But I have empathy for Brandon Staley. I have empathy for anybody that loses a job. I don't want anybody to lose jobs, especially in these tough times. I don't care if you're a millionaire or you're a a one-air. I don't want people to lose any kind of job. But even Brandon Staley had to know last night that after that, that he was no longer be the coach of this team by the weekend. Brandon, do you expect to be the coach here tomorrow? I don't know that. I don't know that. Usually somebody, and it goes back to what you said, Harry, Four weeks ago, he was defiant. I'm the guy that should be calling the plays. I'm the head coach. This team is still buying in. I don't have to worry about my message not landing with this football team. Four weeks later, after giving up 63. Do you expect to be the coach here tomorrow? I don't know that. Even he knew, as relatives were flying to Kinko's to print out new resumes, that he knew he was not going to be the coach of this football team because you don't survive 
giving up 63 points to a team, a division rival, after they couldn't score not one their point at home four days prior when it came to the Las Vegas Raiders. And that played a major role in that decision, right? You look at a team last night who gave up 21 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, excuse me, in the first quarter. At halftime, they had 42, the Las Vegas Raiders, that is. Freddie, I I didn't know they scored 42 at halftime until this morning because when it was 21 to nothing, mm-hmm. I stopped watching the game last night. Shannon Penn, our producer, now we didn't watch it at all. We knew. We watch, I, I, we watching volleyball. Stopped. Yeah, we watching volleyball. We watching the semifinals of the national championship volleyball on ESPN. We knew that was not going to be a game worth watching. But it's not having your team ready to play and then on a national stage when you know a lot of people are probably watching uh, your football game, you mm-hmm. are the only game on when it comes to football. Right. And you get beat like you did last night. Oh, no, 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 no. And then Stephen A. had it right, though, right? Stephen yeah, A. came on first take today, and he said yeah, he did. it was like 7-something a.m. Mm. L.A. time. He said if Brandon Staley had his job at 9.30 um, uh, uh, Pacific time, uh-huh. he would be shocked. <laughs> he would be appalled. And I think before 9.30 a.m., he oh, yeah. was let go. Yeah, no doubt about that. By the way, Giff Smith is now the interim head coach. He's the team's outside linebackers coach. And Mike Tannenbaum. ESPN NFL front office insider. When he was on SportsCenter, not even an hour ago, give or take a minute or two, he says he's surprised that Keller Moore, who they brought in to be the offensive coordinator, was not named interim head coach. I find it to be surprising, candidly, that they went with Jeff Smith over Kellen Moore. What that tells me is Kellen Moore is not going to be a candidate for the full-time position because if he was, you would want to use these last few games as a way to audition him and evaluate him and give him a little bit more experience. So I did find that to be surprising. Not me. Me neither. <laughs> because why would I have Kellen Moore be my head coach or be a candidate as, as, for a head coach of this organization? And we've been struggling the last three years, and we have Justin Herbert as our quarterback. The only way he would have survived being the interim head coach if Tom Telesco still had his job. Because Tom yep. Telesco signed off on that hiring of Brandon Moore being, Kellen Moore, excuse me, being the new offensive coordinator when it comes to being along with Brandon Steely. The charges let it be known. We want everybody out, out, out. Out. They didn't want anybody having any kind of connection to Brandon Steely because they're going to clearly, clearly, clearly start over. GM, head coach, etc. It's going to be a new slate for this Chargers team once this mess of a 2023 season is over. And I'll, I will also say this. You don't think ownership of the Los Angeles Chargers, mm-hmm. they're not watching the Dallas Cowboys and how Dak Prescott is the MVP candidate now, mm-hmm. even though Kellen Moore had success there last year. That's a good but point. it looks better right now for the Dallas Cowboys than it did a season ago under Kellen Moore and him calling the plays. Mike McCarthy right now mm-hmm. has Dak Prescott playing at an MVP level. Now, I know it's Dak Prescott as well, but Mike right. McCarthy's calling the plays. No doubt about that. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Let us know at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. Where could the charges go from here? Is it Jim Harbaugh, now the coach of Michigan? Is it Bill Belichick, now the coach of the Patriots? Could it be Eric Bieniemy, Harry's choice, offensive Uh-oh. coordinator of the Washington Commanders? Let us know at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. By the way, one of our favorites is Bilal. He is on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, and at HDOX83. He said the Chargers are and will always be the Clippers version of football in Los Angeles. Bilal, the Chargers are fourth behind the Rams, <laughs> USC Trojans, and the UCLA Bruins. They may be even behind Dorsey High School. Well, as far on. as that goes. We're forgetting about the Dodgers. We're forgetting just, about the L.A. I'm just, Kings. I'm just talking about football. 
Oh, okay, okay, okay. At that point, the Chargers are not even anywhere. They're, they're behind MLS, the two well, they, MLS teams. They in might Los be Angeles. behind. Um, what is it? Long Beach Poly too. Long Beach Poly too. Dorsey, Compton <laughs> High, Ricky. That's the Chargers right now when it comes to having football in Los Angeles. I'll give you a name because you you just triggered this in my mind when you said about the Dallas Cowboys and what Mike McCarthy turned out to be right and moving on from Kellen Moore. I know where you're going. You, if, if you, they're going to make a call to Jim Harbaugh of Michigan. They'll make a call to Bill Belichick. I guarantee you, the Spanos family, they'll make a call to Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. And they Guaranteed. Better. And they better. And here's why. Because when you look at how this defense uh, hasn't looked over the last few years, you need that side of the ball changed. And I also know with Dan Quinn, when he got the head coaching job with the Atlanta Falcons, the reason why he hired Kyle Shanahan mm-hmm. was because that kind of offense gave him problems. True. So I know if he gets that job with the Los Angeles Chargers, what kind of offensive system he's going to want. And we've seen with that offensive system or mm. how that offensive system, the mm. Shanahan offensive system, yeah. has, has taken over the National Football League. Mm-hmm. And the way it's perfect for a guy in Justin Herbert, ding, who's ding, been ding. more than an above-average quarterback with elite skills, but his coach got in his way, in my opinion. And we've seen it. Because there are plenty of times that Justin Herbert will say, man, I'm doing my job. I'm scoring points. This offense is scoring points. Your job, you're failing at your job as a defensive guy by allowing these games to get out of hand either early on or late. I go back to that Miami game. I give the Dolphins a lot of credit. But if you're the Miami Dolphins, I'm sure they probably look and said, they're going to play Tyreek Hill one-on-one and they've already given up 30-plus points. That's the definition of insanity for a guy that was supposed to be the defensive guy that they hired from the Los Angeles Rams and from the Sean McVay tree. The only thing that might keep Dan Quinn out of the running, Harry, they may be scared by hiring another defensive coach in back-to-back. But Dan Quinn's different. The way he's been able to coordinate defenses. You know that. You guys are together with the Atlanta Falcons. Well, see, what he does the Seattle Seahawks and stuff like that. I think one of the things that Dan Quinn was able to learn from his the tail end of his um, head coaching duties with the Atlanta Falcons, he had a chance to grow, right? And that was be able to improvise and change some things mm-hmm. baseline-wise uh, from his scheme when he was with the Seattle Seahawks. And the reason why I know he was able to learn that is because when he he have a, he has a player like named Michael Parsons. Right. Mm-hmm. And he moves that player around. Mm-hmm. He does things a little bit differently than what he did when he was in Atlanta. Right. Right, so True. you you yeah. learn from your first time around too. But let's not act like he didn't have success. The man went to a Super Bowl. Thank you very much. Man had man had the defense playing at a, at a top level as well. So when you have all those athletic athletic guys defensively for the Los Angeles Chargers, and I know what practices look like with Dan Quinn. Okay. It's not by coincidence that the Cowboys, since he's become the defensive coordinator, have eighty eight turnovers in forty seven games. What do practices they, look like? Listen, those, okay, they practice. Physicality, they practice attacking the football. Okay. Everything that they do defensive wise. Okay. Everything. Mm. Anybody who's played under Dan Quinn, they'll come on this show and they'll tell you, oh, we're going to practice taking the ball away. We're going to practice when the offensive player have, uh, has the football, punching it out, stripping it, no matter what. Any, they practice yeah, that. Any defense that has Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and Kenneth Murray Jr., linebacker, and Asante Samuel Jr. at cornerback should not be giving up close to 360 yards per game over the course of Brandon Staley's career as a 24-24 and head coach during his time that is no longer there with the Los Angeles Chargers. Tony in Syracuse, what you got for us at Triple A say ESPN on who should be the Chargers' next head coach? Tony, what you got? 
Hey, hi guys! Thank you so much for taking my call. And I love you guys, uh, uh, especially on Fridays. I'm just—you guys can get me so excited. I'm ready to go home and put on a little uh, Barry White for him. Uh, me and the old lady, we have some fun. <laughs> Feels so good when you're lying there next to her, huh, Tony? <laughs> love back to you tony and syracuse appreciate the kind words and the call as well yeah i think eric Bieniemy is a an excellent uh candidate so I, I. honestly i think all the guys when you look at jim harbaugh you look at bill belichick and eric Bieniemy, all three of those guys i think would do well with this team mm-hmm. but Bieniemy, you're talking about a guy who was in that division right the mm-hmm. afc west you pointed that he, out keep going he he understands the the kansas city chiefs in and out and you have Justin Herbert. I would love to see him working with Justin Herbert Me too. and being able to get the football out. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing I would question would be enemy mm-hmm. is the ability to run the football because with the Washington Commanders right now, that's something they just don't do. And they right. have a running back that actually can rush the football. The one thing that's going to hurt the enemy is where the charges are in Los Angeles. You remember Los Angeles? Swimming pools, movie stars, anything that you're going to do to make a splash in that city when the Dodgers just got Shohei Otani. The Rams, not too far removed from winning a Super Bowl. The Lakers, what they're doing with LeBron. The Clippers, what they're doing with James Harden. Now, they won seven in a row. In a splash area, you might need to go after a splash name. And the three names of the splash names above Eric Bieniemy. Not saying that they're better suited for this team than him. Bill Belichick is a splash name. You bring him in, you get everybody's attention. Jim Harbaugh is a splash name. You bring him in, you get everybody's attention. Eric Bieniemy is a splash name that was with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Harry, it may not be splash enough for the Los Angeles Chargers to find a way to matter somehow, some way, to get any kind of stroke, any kind of electricity, any kind of charge when it comes to the daily daily of what are you going to do to make sure we go watch your team? If you say you're hiring Bill Belichick, all of a sudden you go, oh, I'm going I'm to check out the Chargers game now. If you hire Jim Harbaugh, oh, let's see how quirky he is. That could be the only thing that would hurt a Dan Quinn of the Cowboys as defense coordinator and Eric Bieniemy as offense coordinator watching the Commanders because of where they are, especially not just in the city, but on the totem pole where they're behind Dorsey High School, Compton High School, UCLA football, USC football. Hell, they may be behind Fullerton State, and they don't have a football team. That's where they're the Chargers are right now. Oh, they're all outstanding in baseball. <laughs> no doubt about that. <laughs> they usually get to that College World Series of threatening what? each other. A yes, lot they of do. Time. Fullerton State's no joke in baseball. That could be the only thing, Harry, that could hurt the enemy's chances of getting really considered to be the head coach of the Chargers. Well, I, th- I think so too. When you look at Dan Quinn and both Eric Bieniemy, and then you look at Jim Harbaugh and Bill Belichick, those two guys have had extreme success yeah. at the head coaching level. Yeah. Right? That's you talk true. about a guy, Jim Harbaugh, that got coach of the year in his first year. 
with the San Francisco 49ers. He's been able to win everywhere he's been as a head coach. You look at Bill Belichick, he has six Super Bowl rings, eight total if you're counting the ones as, a, uh, as an assistant. So that name is going to carry weight. And also that Harbaugh name carries weight. And it's not just Jim. You look at his brother John and what sure. they're able to do right now with the Baltimore Ravens and those two guys being able to face off with one another in a Super Bowl before John actually won that over Jim. Mm-hmm. So you're right, Freddie. Those two names hold the heaviest weight when when it comes to, you know, the Los Angeles Chargers and them looking at candidates for their head coaching vacancy. Great stuff by Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman and Freddie and Harry. We appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell you smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Keep weighing in. Who should be the Los Angeles Chargers next head coach? Because their coach who got fired, he gave us an inkling last night. Do you expect to be the coach here tomorrow? I don't know that. Well, we know that he's not going to be there when it comes to Brandon Staley. Who should take his place? 888-729-3776. Plus, we'll use the words see and trust when it comes to the Cowboys' Dak Prescott and the Bills' Josh Allen about to face each other on Desperation Sunday in the NFL. Keep it here. This is Freddie and Harry. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. He's Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman, together on this Love Friday, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and also tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. We got plenty of love for Dak Prescott and Josh Allen about to meet each other this Sunday, part of Desperation Sunday NFL. You're going to hear why we're going to use the words see and trust regarding those two in that game that comes your way in about five minutes. But there's no more love for Brandon Staley in Los Angeles, Chargersville. He got fired after they lost to the Las Vegas Raiders last night, 63-21. to Who should be the next head coach of the Chargers? Harry, if I put you on the spot, who should be the next head coach of the Chargers in your opinion? I'm going to go with Jim Harbaugh. And it's because of his track record, right? Winning everywhere. But the last time I remember Jim Harbaugh, I played against him in the National Football League when he was head coach with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. But Mm -hmm. his first three years – 
2011, he went 13 and three, lost in the NFC Championship game to the Giants. 2012, 11 four and one, lost in the Super Bowl that year. 2013, 12 and four, NFC Championship game, they lost to Seattle. Instant success as soon as he mm-hmm. went to a head coach of the National Football League. So that's who I'm going to. The only place he did not have instant success was Stanford. He went one and ten his first year, but then after that, boy, did they get that train rolling yep. up there in Palo Alto. Dan in Minnesota, thanks for hitting us up at eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Dan, who should be the Chargers' next head coach and why? Ready, Freddie, give me one more chance. Thanks for having me back, brother. <laughs> hey, Harry. How you doing? What's up, Dan? Good day. Love Friday. <laughs> love Friday. I, I, like, I love Harry's point that he just made. It almost made me want to flip-flop on my choice, but uh, 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 I think uh, the best person to, to pick the next coach for that team would be Jerry, and I think Bill would do an awesome job at setting a tone and creating a new culture. And, uh, also, I want you guys to – Stop hating on my boys because uh, <laughs> y- you're always coming down on me trying to tell me I'm a team supposed to be. Freddie, Harris, Stephen, and Sharp, don't hate on the boys because that you stop. You need to cool it now or you're going to lose control. <laughs> I love Thank it, Dan. Love Friday. I love it, Dan. Dan, we're going to have you do the Jerry Jones impression more than I do it because you did it far better than I did when it comes <laughs> to the Dallas Cowboys. But if that could be possible, let's play along with Dan for a second. Bill Belichick, we know that if you're the Los Angeles Chargers, you could have nothing better to get that kind of attention in that city to bring in a guy that coached Tom Brady for 20 years. And you mentioned how he was part of two Super Bowl championship teams with the Giants as defensive coordinator. You know, instant respect and accountability is going to come to your organization, which we have not been able to say about the charges for more than a minute. I would say this too, though, Freddie. You also, you got to be careful too if you're Bill Belichick because you might not want to go into a situation like Sean Payton went into that situation, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and probably bumping heads and things not getting right. Yeah. We've seen the Denver Broncos start to have success mm-hmm. when things start to be more loose around that, that, that organization. So True. you also got to be cautious of that. Yeah. I wonder if Sean Payton right now is thinking at the final about Brandon Spiller getting fired. Damn! I know. <laughs> what? Yep. I could have been there? Damn! Yep. So they just did media for one more year. <laughs> exactly. One more year. Those checks are regular. Because that's, that's the job he wanted. That's the job he really uh-huh. wanted. And now he's got to deal with the guy if Belichick or Harbaugh is there that's going to be torturing his team for the next 10 to 15 years. Must depending. be nice. <laughs> Damn! Robert in Maryland, who should be the Chargers next head coach and why, my friend? Hey, Freddie and Harry, I love your show. Thank you, brother. Um, I uh, I'd like to see Eric Bannon go there because I'm a uh, I'm a Washington fan, and I want him to take Ron Rivera with them, leave John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh alone, because I want him to come to Washington. I, I love that. No, I love that kind of ulterior, ulterior motive response from Robin and Mount. Yeah, sure. Have Eric be enemy coach. We get him Ron Rivera, and then I get the guy that I want. And that I like <laughs> for my football team and Jim Harbaugh, who is definitely the bell of the ball with all these coaching openings that are there right now and could even be even more once the season is done in the NFL. So you talk about Eric Bieniemy, a guy that's a two-time Super Bowl winner. 
as a coach, as an offensive coordinator. And I, I think the thing that stands out to me is when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs and you see the the mm. success they aren't having um, like they did in the past on the offensive end and they're missing mm-hmm. that guy that can set the tone and be able to tell players what they need to hear versus what they want to hear. That is missing. I think he will be a tremendous leader as a head coach and I can't you. wait to see him get his opportunity. I guarantee you if Eric Bieniemy was still the offense coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, there ain't no way in hell Kadarius Tony is lining up offsides. Nope. Eric Bieniemy is the kind of guy to be like, and he would make it very profane about how you better not do that as offense coordinator. And there would not have been a soul that would say, "Hey, Kadarius Tony, you don't have to take that from him. You better take that from him because where he's teaching you, he's going to lead you to places that you never thought were possible with Kadarius Tony. That would not be happening with the Kansas City Chiefs." Meanwhile, in Buffalo, he's Harry Uh-oh. Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman of Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 80, and also your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. It is the game of the weekend, part of Desperation Weekend that we're calling this weekend in the National Football League. Dallas Cowboys on one side, 10-3. and three. Buffalo Bills on the other side, 7-6. and six. Buffalo Bills a two-point favorite. But, boy, they're going to be compromised again on defense, Harry. A.J. Epinesa having an all-pro season as defensive end. Micah Hyde, one of the best safeties in football. Both of those guys are not going to play for the Buffalo Bills. I just wonder, and you can speak on this, I haven't played in the NFL for 10 years with the Atlanta Falcons and Tennessee Titans, how many more injuries can a really good defense stand and still stay up, still stay, up, stay upright and try to figure out the Cowboys offense that has been white hot ever since they lost to San Francisco back in October? Fred, it's going to be rough because they're already missing key pieces on that side of the football. Um, they've been able to withstand up until this point because they're still in the playoff hunt. The the catcher is they need to win, in my opinion, every game left on their schedule. I don't think Absolutely. they have room to have a loss because of yep. the tiebreakers that they don't own because of who they've lost to that's in the playoff hunt as well. So when now you look at a guy like Michael Hyde, who I think is versatile. I think he can guard tight ends. He can guard slots. I played against him when he was guarding slots. He can be a free safety and control the back end. And you're going against a team in the Dallas Cowboys in which their quarterback is the leader for the MVP award right now. Mm -hmm. And you know they're going to pass the football. That's why this is a huge loss to me. And then you look at A.J. Epinesa, who has six and a half sacks for the Buffalo Bills right now. I I think if the Bills defensively – if they want to have a chance, they got to get to Dak Prescott right. and not let him be comfortable. So that's one less guy. And I know they still got Gregory Rasul and Ed Oliver and Vaughn Miller and company. But you want to have all your, your, your top dogs that you have left over that's not injured. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's not going to be the case. Yeah. Two, key, two uh, key more pieces for that de- Bills defense that won't be out there. That's why I use the words see and trust when it comes to this game involving. This is a money game. For the Dallas Cowboys to put all those naysayers aside saying, yeah, we know you're 3-3 three and three on the road. You really haven't beaten a quality team on the road. You had your chance versus Philadelphia. You let that game get away, and you had no chance versus San Francisco. This is a chance to see and trust when it comes to the Cowboys. We're going to show you guys, see, we can win these games on the road because we trust in us. You mentioned the Buffalo Bills. Those words, see and trust, really apply for everything you just said. This is another playoff game for the Buffalo Bills. They're able to find a way to get that done versus Kansas City, although we're having a different conversation. If Kadarius Tony is not offside, we're talking about the game where they're playing out the string. Now they got, a, they got another chance to stay in that race, to try to find a way to not just sneak in the playoffs, but get into the playoffs where they may be a team that nobody wants to face. 
I can't wait to see what this is going to look like on Sunday and how much trust can we find in that defense that once again is compromised with two different players going down again. I can't remember recent memory, a team with a defensive talent that they have losing key players at three different levels, defensive line, linebacker, and in the secondary like we've seen from the Buffalo Bills ever since they beat the Miami Dolphins earlier this year. Here's another key point about this football game that ties into the AFC East. Where the Buffalo Bills stand right now, and because Miami lost on Monday Night Football, a game that they should not have lost, and the remaining schedule of the Miami Dolphins as well, the Buffalo Bills, Freddie, still have an opportunity to win the AFC East. If they mm-hmm. went out, mm-hmm. and if because you're banking on winning the head to head versus Miami, if you're Buffalo, right? And then you're hoping, we, yeah. you do, you do know Miami plays the Baltimore Ravens and the still. Dallas Cowboys after the this Dallas week. Cowboys still, but. I'm calling the game with Steve Levy this weekend versus the New York Jets. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a dogfight, and here's why. They have three guys that's injured on their offensive line. If there's one team you don't want to play when your offensive line is injured, it's the New York Jets because of what they have defensive line-wise. Here's something else. We don't know about Tyree Kill's availability. Yep. He's still a game-time decision based on what I've heard so far. After the injury, he suffered in that game where they let get away against the Tennessee Titans of 27-13, to and they lose that game in the last five minutes. So, so many factors in play when you got Josh Allen on one side of the Buffalo Bills and Dak Prescott, uh, Dak Prescott excuse me, on the other side for the Dallas Cowboys. My job is to go out there and play against that defense, understanding that I've got to take advantage of my opportunities. Can't stall out knowing that they do have a playmaker, a great quarterback on the other side of the field. But it's, this is the furthest thing from, from me versus him in this sense, especially with the way that our defense is playing um, and really the way that their defense is playing. I mean, one of the best at getting the ball. They're a veteran defense. Obviously, they got some guys down, but they've you know played together a lot. Older back half, guys that can disguise really well. So I've got a challenge in that alone that, yeah, just got to take advantage of opportunity, score some points, knowing that uh, with Josh on the other side that they can score as well. How many times do you have a situation where you can say a football team is holding on by a shoestring, which is the Buffalo Bills, mm-hmm. but in the same breath you can say this team could win the AFC East mm-hmm. as well? No, that, that's why how, You see the, 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 the two different ends of the spectrum, Absolutely. how crazy it is this season? Because that's the NFL. When you see a team that's talented like that and that they get into the playoffs, they're going to be held on wheels with yep. the Buffalo Bills. And especially they're going to take a playoff mentality if they get into the playoffs because every game since last week is a playoff game for the Buffalo Bills just to try, like you said, holding on by a shoestring just to try to find a way to get into the playoffs. And if the Dolphins come back to them a little bit, can you imagine that kind of momentum that they could take if they find a way to win the AFC East? They'll have a home playoff game. You don't think that's a team that people want to face? In Buffalo, outside of Buffalo, if the Bills find a way to get into it and the Dolphins come back to them, that's why it's a money game on Sunday, part of Desperation Sunday in the NFL. Buffalo Bills, Dallas Cowboys, that game at 425 Eastern time. By the way, they're calling for 91% chance of rain. That may be the only thing that could slow down Josh Allen on one side and Dak Prescott on the other side in that game. Harry mentioned he's part of a football doubleheader this Sunday on ESPN Radio. Noon Eastern time, that's when things get started. Then Harry Dawson, Steve Levy, they'll have the call for Miami Dolphins hosting the New York Jets, followed by the San Francisco 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals. Like we mentioned, coverage begins at noon Eastern time on select ESPN radio stations. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry. And John Moran of the Memphis Grizzlies makes his return to the NBA Tuesday after being suspended for 25 games. I can say it's been, you know, a while, but it kind of, you know, went by fast. And the rest of that message should be something that Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors should pay attention to. We'll get to that next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. 
He's Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman, together on Love Friday on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining us on the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 80. And always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio with John Morant. One way or the other, we'll see what kind of love he's going to receive on Tuesday. He makes his return back to the Emmy after being suspended for 25 games. And let's be honest, it was conduct unbecoming of a two-time All-Star. But he had this to say how he was able to get through those 25 games before returning this Tuesday. I can say it's been, you know, a while, but it kind of, you know, went by fast. Um, I feel like, like I said earlier, what helped me is, you know, being around the guys, you know, as much as I could be. Um, what kind of, you know, helped me through this and helped this, you know, suspension go by fast. Um, I've been counting down the days, you know, myself. I wake up every day and be like, yeah, you one day closer. So He also said, and I quote, I can't make nobody believe me outside of my actions, end quote. If the Golden State Warriors and Draymond Green are not paying attention to that message, then what are they doing? Because Jabarank, and just seeing his face, clearly, clearly saying, I almost messed this up to the point of no return. If you're Draymond Green and Golden State, you better be paying attention to that young squire's message when it comes to John Morant about to make his return in the NBA back on Tuesday. 100%, Freddie. I'm excited to see Ja. I can't wait. And the game I'm waiting for, honestly, is December 19th on TNT Okay. versus the New Orleans Pelicans. It's uh, at New Orleans. Yeah. And the reason why that's significant, you know, Zion Williamson went number one, Ja Morant went number two. And I can't wait to see both of those guys be able to showcase their talents. And, you know, it's been a while since Ja been able to play on a stage, a national stage, where people can see what he does best. But when you're away from the game for a very, very long time and you're looking mm-hmm. at things from the outside looking in and then you, you, you're thinking about how it all could have been, you know, gone. Absolutely. Man, you, you mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, human beings, they change. And I think Ja's going to be able to, you know, be that guy to change. Well, maybe Steve Kerr and Golden State are paying attention last night because they lose to the Los Angeles Clippers. Terrific ball game. The Clippers, by the way, they won seven in a row. They seem to have figured out that whole one ball, but not a lot of guys who want to share the basketball. They've been able to figure that out lately. No surprise there. But even Steve Kerr, you knew the conversation was going to come up after the game about Draymond Green. Before that game, he said, no matter what, we can't enable him anymore. To me, this is about more than basketball. It's about helping Draymond. I think it's an opportunity for Draymond to step away and to make a change in his approach, in his life. And that's not an easy thing to do. That's not something you say, okay, we're going to do five games, and then he's going to be fine. The league did that did five games after the incident with Rudy. That's not the answer, to pick a number. The answer is to help Draymond and give him the help he needs, give him an opportunity to make a change that will not only help him help our team, but help him for the rest of his life. I go back to John Morant. Draymond's got to help Draymond. And no matter what Steve Kerr says, what Steph Curry says, what Draymond Green says, what Golden State says, Harry, this is about Draymond and actions going forward because everybody, they're tired of hearing about words that have led to this anyway regarding Draymond Green and not being able to control himself in certain moments on the basketball court for the Golden State Warriors. And, Freddie, I think mental health is everything. And I'm, and I'm glad that we're in a spot now in 2023 because for the longest, people of color thought counseling and getting help Absolutely. was a bad thing. Yep. Right. And, and I'm, here to let, I'm here to let a lot of people know I go to marriage counseling still to this day and I see a separate counseling out a counselor outside of that. It's OK. And it's been very beneficial for me. And I think when it comes to Draymond being able to 
go to someone and be able to have the luxury of talking about things of talking through it and finding techniques to deal with your anger because within the last year it's obvious something had been going on now we don't know that because we're on the outside looking in but whatever it is man I'm rooting for him, and I hope he's able to, you know, overcome it as well. Yeah, because I've said for the longest time, and I've defended Draymond, but also when he's done some things, I'm like, you got to be better than that. We're not yep. talking about a dummy here. We're not t- talking about somebody that doesn't have any kind of intelligence. That's why it's mind-boggling to people to see him lose it. If he could have just have taken a heartbeat in those situations, you'd be amazed how much further along he would be. And I'm not talking about anything regarding basketball. I'm talking about anything regarding in life when it comes to Draymond Green. I root for the person more than the player because if the person's not right, then the player's not going to be right, Harry, and That's nobody's right. going to be right, period. That's right. Yeah. 100%, Freddie, because if you're not there mentally, then you're not going to be there physically. Yeah. You're not going to be able to be your best on a basketball court if you have other things going on outside of basketball. So they go hand in hand. Harry Douglas, Freddie coming together, and Freddie and Harry, who is desperate for a win or to play well this week in an NFL desperation weekend. Keep it here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.